Welcome to the Artists in the Ambulance Revisited Podcast, where we, thrice, take you on a conversational journey with guests and friends about both the recording of the original album as well as the new one. Half of the footage is Riley going crazy. Like, didn't know what the hell we were doing. I feel lucky to have been involved with these records. Make sure to check out the new album anywhere you buy or stream music and come and celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Artist in the Ambulance with us on tour. See all tour dates on thrice.net. Do you remember what happened? Is 9-11 happened and the yes. label was like, you can't just say that all, like, yes, all through that's the right. chorus. That's right. And so that's why it changed to A Ghost Is All That's Left. Yeah. Thank you for your many years of support and love for this album. We cherish it as much as you do. Welcome to the show. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of The Artist in the Ambulance Revisited. And uh, I'm Dustin. We have the whole band here. I'm the whole band. That's no. the whole band right there. <laughs> Eddie Brian. Tepe Riley. And we have a special guest, Brian McTernan, our dear friend, Hi. Uh, who recorded The Illusion of Safety and uh, Artist in the Ambulance 20 years ago. <laughs> woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Which means we're old. Some of us are old. Yeah. yeah, thanks for coming, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man, this is great. Uh, we just had our first show of Illusion of Safety last night uh, mm-hmm. at the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. So that it was, was awesome. a lot of uh, vibes. Was that fun for you? It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking just how we, we imagined what we would be doing 20 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> I thought we could talk a little bit about the feeling of like, because you barely recorded the first illusion of safety because you were burnt out from some other heavy band and we sent you a terrible demo that was just a dictaphone with a shirt thrown over it in the middle of a small room and us playing at 11 it just sounded like absolute chaos yeah it's and it was like you weren't really singing it was like mostly screaming and i was like wait (laughs) hold on right all this stuff that i loved about this band is not here and more than anything i wasn't like this is bad i was like this is i want to make sure i'm the right (laughs) right person you know what i mean because that like shared vision is important yes you had heard identity crisis and i knew i knew that it was going to be more aggressive but when what you guys sent me like i was crazy sounding yeah (laughs) and i I remember (laughs) I I, i was in hong kong with minu visiting her dad and I remember being like kind of panicking and like I had like crazy jet lag and I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, I got to send this email. And I wrote Nick and was like, I might not be the right person. Man. <laughs> you know, we were freaking out. We we're like, oh, my God. Then we just I think we'd set up the ADAT or something and tried to. I, I love the fact that we thought that was OK. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we'll just send him this this demo. That's like. Well, you know what? The funny thing about that is and. uh I was, I've been thinking about this recently. You guys were actually one of the first bands that I ever recorded that I had no connection to beforehand. Oh, weird. Everybody else was like, you know, like Cave and I recorded their demo and, you know, like all of, all of this stuff was like this web that well, it was grew. more like East coast, East coast. Yeah. And like, you know, not even bands I had recorded, but like hot water music I had recorded already, but ashes played with hot water so i mm-hmm. kind of knew them there was like you guys were i had never worked with hopeless i didn't know nick who was your manager at the time and i didn't know you guys or any of your friends so i didn't have a context of like you know at that time you felt was, safe pulling out you're like ah. no 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 it wasn't even that i just wanted i mean i just felt like if these guys are going to get on a plane and like come and work with me i want to make sure i'm the right person like i i want to make sure that like yeah, that's, I, that's a lot. Yeah. I can do this. And I was starting to be like, oh, wow, this is like a lot. And it ended up just being a bad demo. I mean, it ended up just being like, <laughs> like when I actually finally heard the songs for real, I was like, oh, these are fucking 
great, but like I, 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 I th- it just didn't seem melodic, and like and that was a huge part of what like I loved. <laughs> I, I feel like you guys at that time were like weaving so many of my favorite things together in a way that was like I hadn't heard done. There was plenty of people that were doing like melodic metalcore stuff, but you guys had all these harmonies and this like this kind of like west coast feel to it that i don't i didn't feel like and it didn't have any corny metal like it was just <laughs> all <laughs> I don't know, oh, for yeah. me <laughs> yeah i thought it was cool and uh, I, I was mean, a little thought it was cool i was a little too. scared it, yeah it also depends on like we were like way into like iron maiden but i love that yeah. but that's corny but it's not uh, corny in like a way where you're like oh, no this is like uh, I was afraid that maybe like you guys were going to either want to come in and make like a super blown out like converge record, which or, is probably what that demo sounded right, like. Right, right, right. And and um, or like it, it was like, well, if it's not that, is this like, is this going to be like, I'm not going to be like, I don't want to make some super fake slick kind yeah. of thing either. Like I just felt like maybe I'm not the right person. But the funny thing about that is like through that process of actually having that conversation, it was, I think challenged everybody to be like, okay, what do we want this record yeah. to there, be? There's no way we could find that original tape, right? I might have it somewhere. I have a, I have that, like a box if of we could find tapes, that, that we probably be. burned it. But I, don't know. I was bummed. It was like, it wasn't like I was trying to back out. Like I legitimately had been like really looking forward to the record That's crazy. and and I was excited about the band. And it was and, that bad. And then, no, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I, it wasn't even that it was bad. It was just so, it was, it felt so trashy and so aggressive. And I felt like, wait, this is not the thing I was falling in <laughs> right, love right, with, right, right. you know? Um, I feel like I can hear it in my head, like the symbols and everything in that little room. It's just, it's just like, <laughs> like. Yeah. And you just screaming, screaming through a PA, yeah. like no words, probably yeah. just oh, screaming yeah. and. Yeah. <laughs> fake, fake li- the fake lyrics. Dustin's great at doing fake lyrics, but like, oh, I think yeah. actually there's that, there's a show around that time period when we played at Biola and you're doing fake lyrics for um, some of the subtle dagger. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Not. Yeah. There was no lyrics on the verses. I think yeah. yeah. I was just yelling. I won't make this a long story, but speaking of the fake lyrics, I had a band come from Japan to record with me. And they sang in English, and that's why the label wanted them to come to me. And I kept saying, "Can you send me the lyrics? I can't quite, make, I can't make these out." On the, and it turns out there weren't lyrics. Oh, oh <laughs> they whoa. were just they were just singing in sounds that sounded like English to them. Oh, that that, that video. Yeah. yeah so I, I ended up yeah. having to write, but they could sing in English because they had a cover album of English songs. Mm. So I had to take their fake words and write words that were whoa. English, and then I recorded the vocals, and then what? he had to learn them and sang them. Oh Wait, so you wrote the lyrics? Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> it's a pretty cool record. It did really well. <laughs> um, so jumping off that record, what do, what do you remember about going into artists? Like, like what what are your feelings about like that whole thing? I remember it was it was pretty soon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within and a year, right? Yeah, within a year we were. It was really quick. Wait, wait. With this, seriously? Because not, not within a year of you recording, I don't think. No, there's no within way. Because we, we delayed Illusion of Safety release. Yeah. Because we had just released Identity Crisis on subsidy, mm-hmm. which had already released. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, the timeline got pushed back. Okay. But then yeah, we released. In February of 2002 was Illusion of Safety. And then Artist came out in the summer of 2003. Yeah. So we had, yeah, and we had, so that was a huge part of the whole fiasco was like, we were trying to go on a warp tour in the summer and we had to have the record out. So like everything was like, go, 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 go. Yeah. And I just, I remember I came out really early, right? like really early in the process mm-hmm. so yeah we that we had never done pre-production before right which for those of you listening it's basically like you try to figure out what you're actually going to do on this record before you <laughs> get in the studio which turns we, out to be yeah. a pretty good idea yeah right but i the the thing i remember it for me everything uh, with the artist the pre-production and record, recording was all of the different places we were doing it oh my god oh, my. oh yeah because i think in total i came out four times 
Right. And it was a different spot. Like, and it was, time. there were four right. different places. So there was a first. <laughs> and so to me, it's like all of those songs mm-hmm. resonant, like the first place was the all that's left place was. And Is Gemini was that like the, with the like bars on the windows thing. Yeah. It was like the up, there was, it, there was two, two or three of the places were all in the same place, but different rooms. Okay. Right, right, right. Oh, okay. And then the next room was, I remember was silhouette and, um, stare at the sun. That was the place with the window. That was the window. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, then it was the weird, like club. The like goth. The like goth thing. The yeah, goth one. Was and that was the, that was under, right. That was the around under, here, right? under the killing moon. Yeah. That's like, I also I remember, that. uh, abolition. Like when I think of abolition, I, immediately think of being on whatever that like stage, stage was yeah. and how boomy it was and how fun that was to play. Yeah. And, and then we were in back in another place and that was where artists came that was, together. That was sound the matrix, sound right? matrix or is that what it's called? I think so in Fountain Valley. Yeah. 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 I remember and, that place. I don't remember the goth place for some reason. It was like, it was like around here. It was in Santa Ana. Yeah, I know. You somewhere. guys have talked about it. I don't I have the it worst memory, like a, though. It was like a, almost like a club. There was like a stage and it was all black. Mm-hmm. That was right. different, so, different than the abolition one? And the guy... No, that we, was the abolition oh, one. Oh, I do remember that one. Then. And right. under, under Killing Moon. We showed up to load our gear in and the guy was like, can you not play till like five oh, o'clock? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we were there at like... what like. 10. 10 or something yeah. and we're like we need to be writing like all, all day, day. we day. have to do this yeah and i remember uh, shadley lost her keys or locked herself in the car <laughs> in the car it uh, locked herself out of the car <laughs> oh. something happened where you left and then you started play, playing under killing moon and when you came back like it was kind of put together oh good yeah that works sometimes yeah <laughs> three three people is easier than four yeah i also remember um the first song on the record <laughs> i don't ever know oh, song cold cash. Cold cash. Okay. that one i just remember that was one of the songs that like you guys just sent and it was like perfect from the jump mm-hmm. i don't think we tweaked change did anything in that at all i think that one was like i wasn't here most of them i was like a fly on the wall while you guys were like actually writing a lot of it and that's actually only the only time we've really worked like that what do you with mean? Some, with a like producer like actually like writing like while we're writing in the room with us yeah making suggestions yeah, like yeah. it's always been like send things back and forth but it was cool because it like it's like one more piece of someone being like what if we did this like we had like a good um synergy and like chemistry like we had to work on that through yeah through (laughs) yeah yeah, but but i mean by the time we did ours i feel like we were like really comfortable yeah around yeah actually like rewind a little bit like do you remember i don't really (laughs) other than seeing you at shows but illusion like the time period when it was like we were getting to the point where we were going to start writing a record were we in contact yeah a lot like a i lo- think yeah, i think because so. i went to a lot of shows too yeah like that was like Rome. the pre fatherhood yeah <laughs> and i'm like oh i'll hop on a plane and go to right, you know, right, right. like i every time i loved i love i mean i still do but i loved seeing the music made li- like seeing it live so it was right. like really exciting to Remember, I came out right when the record came out. Yeah, right. I remember when we did uh, when it was the Take Action Plea for Peace tour, and you were, you you came. This is an amazing thing. You came to see us play, and you were like, "You guys are playing great, but it doesn't look like you're like into it." It's like you need to like <laughs> turn it up a little bit, which was like, I think something that we always like tried to do, but like to actually hear like you guys need to like. Like the, fun, sh- the funny thing is, Mina was constantly telling me, give people less feedback. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really hard. It's like I spent my life as a coach, you know, kind of. Well, it's interesting because that now has become like such an important part of like how I want to write songs. Like yeah. I imagine how it feels live. live. Yeah, that was a that was a great that was a great tour, though. You guys oh came gosh. in hot water music. Yep. Who else was on that? Zalkaline Trio, but then it ended up being Skiba playing acoustic because they had scheduled whatever, scheduled it like that. Um, there are a couple bands that came in and came out, like uh, Strike Anywhere was on a couple shows. Selby Tigers. Yeah. Selby Tigers. Eyeliners. Eyeliners. Strike Anywhere, yeah. 
do you guys remember like when we, when it's, it's, it's interesting because I think with artists, I think like it has proved out that maybe all that's left was not the, the biggest song on that record. Right. Mm. And I was thinking, I think that it just, it was one of the first. And I think the label just kind of was like so excited about how big that riff sounded that it got decided. Right. Yeah. It got decided well before, because remember we had to finish. Yeah. We had to finish that before everything else. Like, I don't think that that's part part of that was just also the timeline again. It was crazy. That, That was a crazy, um, it was, a. It was, there was no flexibility whatsoever. Right. It was just like, the record's getting made here. There's tour, 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 warp tour, used tour. Like, yeah, I remember, yeah, that, that was the tour that the, like the used was doing a headline tour. We were main support and we had to have everything done before that. We couldn't cancel that tour. And opening that was my chemical romance and story of the year, which is like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was before the record came out. Yes, was we had to, yeah, but we had to, but that's, had to that's what you had to finish to do. And then you had yeah, work. Yeah. There was like, it was like, and I've never, ever still to this day, never had to do that on a record where it's like, we have to finish this one song. So weird. But at that point, the label would not have heard even Artists right. in the Ambulance or, cause that one was one that was like, got, you had finished the lyrics like pretty late in the. Yeah. That one I remembered. Just you constantly going, be like, eh, it could be better. That and stare at the sun. (laughs) (laughs) But I was was trying to figure out, was the first time we got together for artists, was it just all that's left? Is that, was that the only song that we were working on at that? I don't remember that one at all. I have a very bad memory. I remember that day when we wrote like the basis of artists, the song, and sitting in the car with you that night. Cause you were staying at my house and like listening back to the like recording. Yeah. And you were just like, this, this is it. it. This is good. That's what I, and you were guys I were like, it. I hate this. It was mainly me. I just always, and whatever. I always thought the intro of the song sounded like some like, cause my voice was pop punk good. song that was happening out there. And I was like, I don't want to be a pop punk band, but then the chorus always has been like super sick. Like if you break out just that chorus, I mean, I think that that intro is just so good. I mean, it's just, just me. it it's just, me. it just gets me real amped every time I hear it. Yeah. I just remember finishing it and being like, cause you had like fake vocals yeah. on it. And I remember like we were listening to it. I was like, this is a monster song. And then I tried to tell, I remember playing it for Rob and being like, dude, this is this good song it feels like it's just like massive. And it was just like, well, this, and this is like the other weird thing. Cause if you look at like streaming numbers, it's 20 times more streams than like the normal tracks on that record or something. Like it's crazy. It's and a, that's, and it was a, never a single and that's because. And it's K-Rock's like buried way in the album too. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 10th. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's so Because weird. you guys were not, you were a little freaked out by that, that song. And actually I think I have a recollection of like you being a little freaked out by stare at the sun too. I don't know. I think it's interesting, especially like, because you've had a huge impact on our band in general, but like that song, especially was like, that wouldn't have happened without you being right. in the room. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, burn, it was burn collector too. It's like a connection. Cause Minu gave yeah. you guys the right, like showed it to you I when, forgot you got, that, I, I yeah, forgot when, that when we were doing we illusion of safety yeah. and you guys were like, Oh my God, this is I had totally forgotten that. so cool. Should we so, explain what that yeah, is? Yeah, so yeah. burn collector is like a personal zine, uh, that, uh, this guy Alberian did. And it's just kind of stories he would write about his life, and he's just got a great way of writing. Looking at the world, yeah. yeah, it's really, it's interesting. I think I was I was saying to you guys last night, but like my meaning, my wife is a psychologist and buys that book for people. Yeah, that's just because it's cool. it's a really like interesting way to. It's different. I want to go read ways, it. Again. Ways um, of looking at it. I used to read it all the time. I remember I just had that with me all the time, but it had a story that was the inspiration for that song artist ambulance um i I don't know i was like writing off of something like having like something to jump off and it was perfect yeah that's so cool the other the other thing about all that's left do you remember i remember sitting at your house working on that chorus and do you remember at first your fake lyrics were 
We are the dead. We are the dead. We are the dead. We are the dead. We are the we are the dead. Well, and then it was kind of like, chill out. Wait, can we do that? Like, no. But here's. But do you remember what happened? Is nine eleven happened? Yeah. And we and the yes. label was like, yeah. you can't just say that all, like, yes, all through that's the right. chorus. That's right. And so that's why it changed to a ghost is all that's left. Yeah. Um, which I think in the end is less impactful. But right. It was just a weird time. And well, it's it's society. it's it's yeah, I do remember that. I just remember like that was a fake lyric that just was like, oh, wait, this is actually Cool. Something to build yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. Something to build off of. That's actually, that time. sometimes happens like on the new and not to get off track, but on the new hot water record, the single, um, I hope you die. <laughs> it was just like, he was just thinking that like as a fake vocal. Yeah. And then somebody was like, that's kind of catchy. And then it was, I don't know. <laughs> we, we actually do that quite a bit. I've been doing it more and more. Like, I do it all the time when I'm writing, like I'll f- kind of freestyle and I'll look for something that it's like, if something sounds like I'm saying something, cause you know how like songwriting, you just almost always just need that spark. Yeah. And then the song, writes itself. You know what? The other thing I, I don't, this is not, I can't remember what session it was. Do you remember we went to see Damien Rice? That was great. And I remember, and I think about this all the time when I'm writing or even when I'm working with bands and bands, when things come too easy, it's sometimes you think that it's not good enough. Yeah. Remember he was like, I'm going to play the Eskimo song. And everybody's like, Blah! and he's like, fuck you guys. I spend all my life writing and rewriting and, and this one i just shit out in two minutes oh, yeah, it's, yeah, the only right. song, it's the only song anybody wants to hear and i think about that all the time you know like how how you can you know overthink things and like things can like oh, yeah. if it seems really simple or comes too easy maybe like it wasn't good enough but almost always that's the best stuff yeah i mean oftentimes mm. it's the best yeah yeah with like, cause you don't let your head get involved, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's definitely, well, like, or you're like super conscious head. There's like, your brain's doing so much stuff under the surface and it's yeah. like hard to access. But when you're doing something like a fake lyric, like some stuff can slip through. You yeah. Know? It's so, it's there's some say. good gems sometimes too, though. Like, oh yeah. Funny ones. What like was what the, was uh, the last record? It was, was um, it was on the beat, on the beat side. Oh, uh, it was what? <laughs> Water, water in the, the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. <laughs> water in the Wi-Fi. <laughs> the, the hard thing is sometimes you can get attached to them that aren't good and you can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is also like related to like the way like the, the Swedish like pop producers yeah. work is yeah. they just go off what feels and sounds good like to say and hear. Yeah. And so like that's why those songs don't make any sense. Like, yeah. I want it that way. Like it, that song makes zero sense at all but it's Sounds super good. catchy yeah. yeah that's so funny that's really that's that's funny well i remember so okay so i think there were four trips because there were four rehearsal spaces and we worked at like i felt like almost every time that's I came wild out, I, yeah that probably is right i think yeah and um so you'd be out for like a week at a time or something a, i yeah. think it was five weeks in total that i was kind of out it was cool it was like i I enjoyed that because it was like, I wasn't writing anything with, but I was like kind of curating and editing and just kind of keeping the train on the tracks mm-hmm. a little bit. And do you remember stare at the sun? I remember that day. Cause you were like, I have this riff. It's like, I definitely remember that day. It's yeah. going to be like, like kind of converge. Yeah. And I was like, what if we put like, <laughs> like, you know, like something. Well, I actually was, do remember that. Now it that was in, yeah. it was in like a weird like jolty three four thing and then you're like what if you do it in four and then i think you were like maybe you just like repeat the first phrase of it again to the point where it hits four and then start it over again so that's why it does this like it's like i think it's it's like a a five note seven note four note sequence or wait is that right yeah so it equals 16 it ends up being in four it's like but it used to be just five, seven, five, seven, five, seven, uh, yeah, which yeah. ends up being 12, which divided three, whatever. Like, But you had envisioned it as like a kind of a co- like converged bah, thrashy, then, like, yeah. to, like whatever. Or that's four, shoot. And then, and then, yeah. And then I'm like, could we just like put like a straight beat? And then it was like really cool. Yeah. I remember having a hard time with it at first, but then 
That's baseline. I got it. So cool. It's so cool. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) I always like, well, it's interesting to me because it feels like a layer more than it is like a riff, like a riff happening. It's just kind of this thing that just goes through the song because and then we do the trade-off but it's mm-hmm. almost it's almost like you would do like a cool arpeggiation on a keyboard like a synth yeah but yeah, it's, it's but totally, it's doing it on a bass and it's cool yeah, right? it's totally cool and it's like the juxtaposition between like the bass and like the like drum and vocal approach in that song is so and then unusual and then switching it to the guitar and the chorus is cool like yeah yeah oh right yeah i wouldn't be able to play it and <laughs> play it through the whole song <laughs> Rob was out the first time, right? I think I was here with him when you guys were working on All That's Left. The first Rob time. was our A&R guy. Rob, yeah. Island. Um, guy. But they were pretty hands-off. Like, well, in that's, terms that's of- another thing I want to ask you about because that I, I think our experience with like a major label was like fairly chill compared to a lot of stories we've heard. Um, and we had good relationships there, but I do feel like you probably bore more of the brunt of like the pressure. Than- yeah, I tried. I mean, I did. I did try and keep that entirely off as much as I could. You know what I mean? Like that intensity of them. <laughs> I feel like I remember it like yes, wearing you on did. you. Like you were like, well, it got weighing on you. Maybe it it got it got like the more excited they got, rather than less pressure it was more pressure you know what i mean yeah and it was like in rob i mean in i will say rob like loved the band and got the band you know what mm-hmm. i mean it wasn't like one of these things where he was like try and make this band like yeah, yeah. some other like whatever like they wanted a thrice record they wanted which that. is the only reason we ended up signing it because yeah. we actually <laughs> believed them that they were like they, and, the they, and they and they they and like they really did believe in the band but but the better the songs got, the more excited they got, the more they wanted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, which is cool. I mean, I, I think it was, but it's like so crazy to look back because we're so young. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when we were first, this is probably the story I've told before. Um, when we were first meeting with Island, we were, um, we had a meeting with the head of the label, Lior Cohen. Yeah going through all the, you know, this is what we're doing, this is whatever. And I was kind of like, how do we know you're not just going to like change your mind like <laughs> right after we sign and then try to push us to do all, what I, something like that. And he was like, boom. He's like, those are people I want to crush. <laughs> <laughs> like he was like, we're not going to do that. Like, 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 I don't know. They did absolutely love and believe in the band. That's for sure. I mean, the hard thing with major labels is then they with, left. Well, yeah, <laughs> within, right. within a few years, left, they were yeah. all gone. So, right. I mean, that's that's the thing that sucks. It's not like there's no consistency and there's no. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. All those people just can be gone in on a whim. Yeah, you know? totally. Which is what happened. I'm not sure we ever really thought about that. Though. No, at least I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I, I was mean, never like. I didn't think about these that. people could change jobs and then we'd just be <laughs> stuck here. We did have the Caven experience though, because their A and R guy left before they recorded. Yeah. That was like just an A and R guy. Like I th- yeah, feel like everyone, yeah, was gone within. Was it half years, within when Vihisu came out? Were Leor and Julie gone already? But Rob, Rob was, was still, still there. there, right? But La, yeah, LA Reed was there at that yeah, right yes which was a very different that's vibe. like the yeah. complete opposite right well, like, he was working at Arista, arista arista yeah and we met with that label and it was just like this is like right. people are nice but it, it was just like this they Not don't the get they us. just don't they have no idea who we are or yeah. what we do or and then that became our label yeah so one thing i think that is super interesting about artist is that mike barbiero was the engineer for the drums it's insane which crazy. which is crazy because i think people a lot of people don't know who that is but like mike barbiero 
is this, you know, for people listening, is like probably one of the most successful producer engineers to ever exist. I mean, he did mixed Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, Metallica and Justice for All, produced the Blues Traveler, Tesla, Cinderella, like Soundgarden, Civ, I mean, Aretha Franklin to work with John Lennon. He was like one of my absolute heroes because there aren't that many producer engineers that can be successful with so many, such a wide. He's a good bro too. He was a great guy, but I was young and we were going to track at Bearsville and I didn't want, I didn't want to be like tangled up in like figuring out the room, figuring out the room and all, all of this stuff. So at first I was talking, Rob Stevenson had given me like, you guys might not even know this, this whole list of like engineers to call, to talk, to like interview. And I was talking to all these guys and all of them talked to me like, kid, like, <laughs> who the fuck are you yeah, doing, yeah. <laughs> doing this? Like, you know, like I could just feel yeah. there was that, uh, there, there wasn't like, respect and I was like I won't thrive like I I'm not that's not going to be a good situation so my manager at the time had sorry said had said well she didn't suggest Mike engineer it she said Mike Barbiero basically lived at Woodstock at, at, at Bearsville for years and years that's where he mixed Metallica that's where he did Blues Traveler like he did like that was his home base. So he could probably coach you up on what would need to happen mm-hmm. there. Never in a million years would I have ever thought he'd be like, yeah, I'll just be the <laughs> drum engineer, you know? That's yeah. insane. And yeah. I called him and I was talking to him and I was like, this is the situation. And the thing about Mike was Mike had mixed um, a record for me and we had become really good friends. Like he was a real mentor for me and I knew he loved me and respected me. I remember you calling us or something being like, you don't even know what happened. (laughs) And it was great because it was, I felt so, he was like the perfect, like this old wizard, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Totally. Just like that completely, like I knew that he liked what I did and respected me. And there was none of this like weird undercutting. He had no like posturing. No, he was super chill. Not at all. And he just like knew the place. We didn't have to worry about it. We didn't have to worry about anything except all the cool sounds not getting used in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you want to talk about Shall that? We yeah. get Sorry. Into that? So I mean something that's always bothered us about the original recording is like we know what went into it. We know like these sounds we got. Yeah. And then a yeah, lot and of those should did we, not make it through. Should we preface it with the fact that like these drum sounds were massive like massive. monster like this like, the, we were at bearsville and the 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 big room and it's this classical studio huge and, huge and room. i think and we used a different snare drum on yeah, every carl, song carl plaster sh- was the carl plaster and he brought out i remember just like he had a row of snare and drums we tuned like, the snare for to the, like, the relative key of every song yeah and it was oh, like we used it we tracked the drums to tape we use and then, in the end it's like <laughs> the same sample andy wallace uses on every yeah. record yeah. <laughs> just you can do there is a youtube video where uh the guy is like soloing the snare track from like i think it's rage against the machine's biggest record um like a chevelle record or just a lot of like rock records from early 2002 and i'm like oh that's the artist snare too <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah we we got any wallace do it and it just kind of crushed well, so much of what we wanted. The, the to interesting thing about that is I was there. I know. And I, know I you was your hair very out. freaked out by the mix. <laughs> and I just kept saying to Rob, I think the band's going to be really unhappy. And it was so dry and it just didn't sound anything like what we had been working on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this snare was like just a different snare. And then like the vocals were really dry and everything was like very tame feeling. Like a lot of the like texture stuff wasn't coming through. And then you guys, I I know how this happens because this happens. You're hearing it feel way more finished than it had. And that's exciting. And you're on tour and you're not in like a critical listening environment and everybody's excited about it. And it's really easy to just be like, oh, this is 
cool. And then I was cool. kind of like, everybody seems psyched. Maybe I'm just being a fucking psycho. <laughs> and- well, it's also like, it's always like a bit arcane. I mean, it's not as as uh, detached as like what mastering does or something, but it's all, it's still like, there's so much going on behind the scenes and mixing that like you're not seeing. And you're, you're hiring this guy who's like super, this is the big time guy. And yeah. he's saying, yeah, right. you're like, I, I guess like you, well, you, you, and you're, you're paying a lot of money and you're. Well, the thing that was weird <laughs> about that, that environment, he was super nice. So it wasn't like, I it wasn't in, it was no stretch. Like, dude, just called it in. Like, just, you know, like didn't care. Like he did care, but Basically, you have to like sit out in this like waiting room until he has the mix ready to present at the end of the night. And then it would be like me, Rob Stevenson, people. Yeah. How much can you actually change at that point? Yeah. Right. How much can you change? And then also for me, I'm like, what, 26, 27, whatever, like super young. And everybody's so amped. And, and, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing about it. It's kind of hard to argue. Like people have loved that record for a very long time. Yeah. So it's like, I hate to even talk negatively about it because clearly, however it ended up translated, mm-hmm. it just was not what I had envisioned. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's one of the reasons that like we had talked about for a long time, like, should we remix this? And it, it had gone on long enough where it's like, it's going to feel a bit like, you're just messing with someone's thing that they just love now. Yeah. And it kind of leaned us towards more like, what if we just like, cause these songs like change and just like the way we actually play them as musicians right. changes as we play them for 20 years. Right. So it's like, that maybe is more interesting to explore than like trying to get back something we lost and no one ever even fully understands what that is that we lost. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I'm happy about, which was a pretty badass move for like a 20 something year old, but do you remember we were getting the bass? Yeah. That's like, what I was going to say. Yeah. We and talked like, about this. All I'm time. not going to do a DI because yep. he's going to use it. Yeah. I'm not, I, like we're not giving him that option. <laughs> but you knew ahead of time that there are like certain tricks that he does, right? Yes. So that, and I that was, was like, like I want, I have a, like Ed's bass tone is so critical to the sound of this band. Like I'm not giving him the option. (laughs) No, we actually, we do talk about that story. I do do remember, or maybe this is a different record, but like, weren't we in the end, like, as we were talking to you, like kind of worried about the mix. And then we realized like, a, we don't have the money to like, yeah, like, yes. send it. No, by, by the time like, it was, by the time, time the, yeah. by the time the record was getting finished, everybody was kind of a little freaked out. It was just that initial mix. Everybody was like, I think it was like, there was yeah, just excitement, an excitement yeah. about hearing it finished. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know what I mean? And then it was like, it was, and then I was always bummed because I, I still don't think that Tom, Tom Lord Algae wouldn't have been the right person, but when he did his artist mix. I forgot about that. It, it was, it was much cooler. I, think I might have that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that out anywhere? I don't I think so. don't know. Remember, I don't think you guys remember, but I went down there. I forgot about that. And um, I went down there. The funny thing was he killed that and then it didn't get used. And then he did mix stare at the sun and it wasn't. Wait, why, why did we even do that? I can't remember. Because major is, labels just like throwing your money. Right. <laughs> True. But it was really cool, actually, because um, Rob wanted me to go down there when he did it, because I think he was afraid that it was going to get too pop or something. I, I can't remember, but I flew. I was cool. going to fly in just for the day to be there when he mixed yeah. it. And I got there and he was mixing a Sarah McLachlan song. And he kept coming out and being like, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And then. And then at like six o'clock at night, I'm sitting in this like lobby of this South Beach, Miami hotel. He's like, I'm not going to get to this today. And I'm like, my flight's at nine. Like, and he was super cool. He's like, we're going to get you a hotel. We're going to get you a room in the hotel. And originally his manager had told me that I can't go in there at all when he's mixing until like the Andy Wallace thing. And the next morning he came in and was just like, come on in. And like, I just sat with him at the console. Oh, wow. He mixed it and he showed me all this, all this cool stuff that I still rock pretty hard. Wow. Yeah. The other thing people probably don't know is, um, artist that, that is the Matt Squire was the Pro Tools engineer 
Yeah. Who went on to produce Panic at the Disco and, yeah. you know, lots of, we had a pretty all-star lineup. Right. It's a good crew. Uh, what what made you want to do the drums up at Bearsville? Like, because that was, even just going up there was amazing. It was in the middle of the winter. Yeah. Gorgeous. Up in, It's basically up in Woodstock uh, in the woods and. I just, I, that is, was like a famous place to track drums. And then I, it's interesting cause it ties back into Mike Barbiero, but like he, so many records that he had done that I loved were tracked there. Mm. And it was just like, it was super cool. The backstory of the room we were in, remember there was, there were two other studios that were like very dry. And the room we tracked in originally had been a warehouse for Bob Dylan, Janis Joplin, and the band's yeah. storage stuff. Yeah. And I think that legend has it that Steve Lillywhite was recording in the A room, which was, I don't think there wasn't even a studio there when we were there. Remember, it was like the right. very 70s mm-hmm. looking control room. Mm-hmm. Was recording REM there and was just like, I'm so sick of this sound. Every studio, this like, let's try and set the drums up in the warehouse. So they just set up drums in the warehouse, ran cables to the- I can't believe the, the warehouse was that. It's such a big room. Yeah. It reminds me of like a high school basketball gym. Yeah, but right. they, remember it was like not professionally treated. It was just like packing blankets hanging everywhere. Right. Oh yeah. It was like, and then they were like, holy shit. This is like, so cool. this is, the sound, you know, it was a big concrete, concrete floors, cinder block walls, and a bunch of wood, like boats hanging from the ceiling right. and packing blankets on the wall. And, and basically the- a box defies all everybody's notion <laughs> of what. Well, especially in the seventies where everything was just like bone dry. And yeah. Like, yeah. So interestingly, when I built my next studio after Beltsville, I was like, I'm just going to do what they did at Bearsville. <laughs> and I'm going to build a, just a big block room, hang some wood shit from the ceiling, and cross my fingers. <laughs> and it fucking grew with great. That's so good. <laughs> it, was, it, it worked completely perfectly. So that's the secret. Yeah. I the think, thing everybody does do the opposite. Right. <laughs> People can see if, you, if you're watching this and you want to check it out. It's like... There are a lot of clips from the, if you, wait, what is that DVD called? The terrible we, DVD. We could yeah, just go never, through all the never, talking parts and I've just go straight to the, we could yeah, only the, oh man, it's not. Right. Yeah. All the interviews are horrible, but the, our footage is very fun. Like it's just I, recording stuff and tour stuff. I did go, I, I, I went and like, I didn't listen with the sound on, but I scrolled through it and stole some video footage for the Be Well video. Oh, hell oh yeah. yeah. Just it was because it was a song about the records I've made in my life, right. and I just wanted. And nice. I was like, "Whoa! I've never seen all this crazy right. footage of <laughs> Riley well, and like half of it. Half know, of I the know. footage is Riley going crazy, like, <laughs> yeah. well, during and after doing drums. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, drinking like two. I know we're of interviewing coffee. you, but well, that was like possibly the most stressful drum situation ever what the artist first big recording thing michael barbiero engineering it like no big deal yeah well also on illusion of safety we didn't use a click no so it was the first time you were recording with (laughs) yeah that's a yeah that's a lot of big and 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 we hadn't used a click in pre-production nope so then remember we were mapping no we map we had like mapped all the different the the different tempos and so wild. Yeah. Jeez. And then, um, and we don't play drums. folks. Don't, don't play drums. And then, uh, <laughs> remember I, I, uh, I brought my Huskies oh, with yes. us. Yes. Doggles. And, uh, yeah. Doggles. And my, the house I was staying in, I had these two Huskies that were like Pedro in particular was like a fearless, confident dog, you know, <laughs> it didn't, Pedro did not give yeah. a crap. No. He, there was a ghost in this house because <laughs> he would not go upstairs. Like the most confident, you know. Like specifically, like he would stare up. He that would stare. Uh, he would stare. I tried to bring their food upstairs. I, I, everything I could 
to get him to come upstairs. He would not go up the stairs. This is the freaky thing about it. Four years later, I went back to Bearsville. Not the big room, but the where you guys recorded Vihisu. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring Pedro Nala. I brought my other dog. He wouldn't go up the stairs. Oh, yeah. no way. He did the exact fucking thing. Sat wow. at the bottom of the stairs. For, and I was there for six weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> he would not go upstairs. And he was like this big, goofy lab. Like, it was like some shit was going on huh. there. Well, remember, dude, do you remember? There was a night I remember, like, knowing all that was happening. We were sleeping, and the, the tap turned on. Turned yeah, on, like, full out of blast. nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and we, I remember everybody waking up being like, wait, is that you? No, that's not me. Wait, what? Yeah, it was yeah. creepy. That was, right, that was creepy. creepy. Had to go place. Turn it off. Like it was weird. Oh my gosh. Like physically, like actually. I mean it's an old house. It's I, I know Janice Joplin lived there. But it's not like the, mm. the, the like tap broke in, that, and then, in the like, the middle house, the one I was in. Whoa. But Bearsville was awesome. It was super cool. It's it was funny. it was um and I think that if uh memory serves me correctly, you were the second to last session at that big at the yeah, because the, they closed that before yeah, they, they closed, closed the barn. It. So yeah. when we were there, the A room, which was like the original Bearsville studio, they had decommissioned the console. So there was like a control room and a drum room, but there was no gear left in there. Oh, wow. And um, and I, you, it was you guys, and then Rufus Wainwright came in after you. And then that was it. They, it was shut down. Some dude bought it, and it's like a house. Oh, wild. Which is crazy. When you guys were there doing Vihisu, did you ever walk up and like walk around? Yeah, I don't think we could because it was already like a private. Private. I would walk through the woods, but I don't think we could walk up that road anymore. Um, When when I was there, did you guys ever see what's Steven Tyler's daughter's name? The actress. Uh, Liv. Liv Tyler. Tyler. We we recorded at her house though. We recorded the the Earth Will Shake. Uh, like Stomp. singing stuff in that in her house. Wow. Yeah, we would see her walking. I don't think we saw her when we were doing. No. Did we? When I didn't. Mm-hmm. No. But Bearsville was a cool. I mean, it was a cool. Like it was basically like this little town next to Woodstock that this famous band manager guy bought a bunch of property, built a studio, opened a bunch of restaurants, had a theater. Like so had, cool. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, the little bear, the big yeah. bear. Yeah. I remember so. having dinner with uh, Sally. Was that mm-hmm. her name? Sally Christman, yeah. But she, yeah, I mean, that was that was wild. Like, going to dinner with her and just having her tell us stories about Bob Dylan. Oh, and like, oh. Yeah. yeah. And one of the other reasons I think we went to Bearsville was my manager at the time had a weekend house in, in Woodstock and was really close with Sally. Like, so okay. yeah, I think that there. it was, like, hard to get them. Like, they didn't even really, they weren't sure that, Oh, that they could keep doing, because they like, were already almost, thinking about closing it. Yeah, yeah, like it almost didn't happen. It was almost like they kept it open just for the last two. Yeah. It's wow. uh, so the big studios, like old studios shutting down, is like a a mix of money, like going out of the industry at that time, but yeah. also like newer technology, right? Because like you have the ability to record yourself more and more. Yeah, and I think that place was so big that like if it wasn't all running all the time, the overhead to just, just and the maintenance yeah. and all of it is just, it's just a lot, but it was a really special. I mean, I feel so lucky that we got to do that there. It's one of my favorite memories. Yeah. So cool. That's right. I mean, but it should be right. I mean, yeah, sometimes right. it's like, it was a big deal. Yeah. Right. That's proven by the fact that people, care enough to be listening to this now and that you care enough about these songs to be re-recording them now, you know? It's so cool. It's like, I mean, all of that stress and all of that heartache and all of that pushing and caring and expecting more out of each other mattered. Wasn't just a job, you know what I mean? Like, just really, it's really, it was really cool. And then, yeah, right, Matt was set up in... The like old A room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like with just his like Yeah, I remember time. just popping in and checking in on him. He's just yeah. by himself, just like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah, uh, that was um but we tracked the drums to tape. Do you remember that? Right. 
Weren't we still tracking the tape at your place too? No. Illusion we did. Illusion, Illusion was all the tape. Yeah. Illusion was all the tape, no click, no tuning, no editing. Just like, <laughs> that's like a band fucking playing. Right. <laughs> Which is so cool, you know? It was. Uh, yeah, we did drums to tape on this and then we went to your place and we were on Pro Tools. By on then, Pro Tools. For yeah. everything else. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that was, uh, but that was like a world. I mean, it was like, by the time we got to my place, it was just like, we had, a, I felt like we had a gun to our head a little bit. Like right. I felt like if I have a, you know, one regret was if we had had a little more time, like yeah. I, like when I look back at the record, I feel like, I feel globally just proud of the record, but especially proud of the time we spent like out here kind of curating the songs and whatever sometimes I look back and I feel like there was so much business happening around the band and the schedule and like the label and the timelines and everything that, and I felt like I wanted to be professional. And I think like Brian 20 years later would have been much more like, let's take some risks here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I didn't feel like we had time or like oxygen to get wild. You know what I mean? And right. then you guys followed it up with uh, just three months of like the op. Vihisu was like the opposite, right? Where well, we just, just made like, sure after that, we're like, we're not doing that again. Right. Like, like we're not planning a tour to butt up against this. Like, yeah. It was I mean, like the time, the timeline for artists was like self defeating. Like the machine doesn't start moving until you have the record to fuel it. But we had already jammed all the other shit around it well you guys also had the other thing which was island had signed thursday and had this kind of global vision of like these two bands kind of taking over together you know what i mean oh yeah and so it was like there was the that was a timeline too there was no like i think rob was feeling like you know i I don't want to speak for him but i can imagine him feeling like i don't want thursday this this record coming out and like us not being ready and like yeah, it definitely wasn't all on them either it's like we were like yes we should be putting this out while we're touring on work tour and getting yeah, ready right. to do and, a big and you, sh- and you should, it makes sense and you but. should have i mean it was successful you know what i mean like the record was you know people still care about it now you know i mean when you guys played arts in the ambulance last night it was like insane <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. so cool yeah and then do you guys remember we did all those strings? Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. With Bruce. Or at Bruce's studio. <laughs> at Bruce's studio. But I will never forget. You guys were in seat, right? Whatever your tuning was. Uh, you, we went to the string arranger guy, Charlie Barnett, I think was his name. Yeah, that, that sounds right. right yeah. And you had, uh, you had like given him tabs or whatever, but as if you were in standard. So instead of saying C, you were, you were like, oh it's God, yeah. E or whatever. And he had like made this whole he thing. He had yeah. made this whole thing. And then we get there to do the strings and he had it all charted. Oh, gosh. And we had like the Kennedy Center Orchestra. <laughs> and they're not listening to anything except the click and the conductor. They're not hearing any music. So they start playing and it's in a complete oh, wrong no. key. <laughs> I don't remember this, but I I don't and, remember almost anything. So. And everybody was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> but I mean, a testament to these people that are like studied. Yeah. He was like, what's going on? Oh, and we figured it out. And he literally just ran out there. Yeah, I remember him just- And like, like re- <laughs> rewrote all, all of, and then an hour later it was like done, like, yeah, I did kind of remember that scramble of him, like, I mean, like, oh, okay. And, but the thing is, like, that stuff, like, in Sweat Cold Cash, right? The first song, mm-hmm. when they're like doing, like, the following the guitar riff, dun, 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 like, yeah. that could not have been easy to quickly just. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, in contrast, I think about us just trying to think of, like, what note we're actually playing when we're on, like, a guitar that's dropped or something. We're like, what and every time like i've been doing this long it should just know (laughs) yeah but to be fair it's like double like if you have it in drop c it is 
It's like double drop. Double yeah, drop. Yeah. So you're so like, like, it should be this, this but then it should yeah. be this, and then it's actually yes. this. Yeah. <laughs> but that song in particular, I remember getting the tracks back. It ended up having to like that. I, lo- I love how it came out, that like break in Cold Cash, like that. Yeah. Yeah. That that ended up being just, I just took all those strings from other places. Like I, and had to move them there and oh, like, really? go like reverse things and like crossfade oh, wow. the string, like that That whole, part wasn't there? No. Oh, interesting. They played oh, something that. through that, but it was not, it didn't work. It was like too full. It didn't work at all. So I just remember I actually, it was, now that you're saying that, I do kind of remember that, but I- I was remember. like freaking out, like oh, we spent all this money, this shit that was like, this isn't going to work. And I started like taking things and like pasting them in and reversing them and crossfading them and- that's cool. And then Whoa. it ended up being, and actually I remember when Andy Wallace was mixing it, like if you solo him, they sound kind of fucked up. <laughs> and he it was like, what is happening here? I was like, don't worry, it works. <laughs> Just put that guitar, that little guitar swell in it. This is going to be. That's so funny. And then when you came back and you did the um, Stare at the Sun acoustic, we did the strings on that too. Oh, yeah. With the same people, but that was in the right key. But you recorded it in a different key. Yes. What was that for? I don't Some kind of extra. Was that like the DVD bonus CD or something? Maybe. It's funny. I mean, I remember I flew all the way back out, did that, went to Harper's Ferry for a day. <laughs> it's like, but I can't imagine like, I mean, that was just a different time, but just like, I'm going to fly out and record one acoustic song and fly back. Wasn't there, wasn't there, wasn't there like a CD that had like the two B-sides mm-hmm. and that, that like came with the DVD or something? Oh, probably yeah. is on, yeah, that stuff that there's came like with the there's like a DVD. deluxe. Maybe they even had the, um, the, um, Artist in the Ambulance Tumblr Algae mix was on that too, I think. Really? Because I think that when I saw you guys with Dashboard. I don't think it I don't think that's out. Okay. I have no idea. But remember it was way cooler. I thought the Tumblr Algae one was way cool. Like the all the like background guitar stuff was like much more pronounced. I might have I feel like I when I look at my somewhere. like music files, if I'm like searching something like thrice, I have all these. Weird ways of weird cataloging it, but I think one of them is like Lord Algae. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. I'll look for it. Well, he did. You did use Tom Lord Algae mixed Stare at the Sun. Yeah, but it I didn't go that. down there, and that, that that one didn't take this. It was that was for the radio edit. Or it was the radio edit. Radio. Interesting. And then what was the story? Like I can't. I don't totally remember what happened. Like we went and did the Arts in the Ambulance mix because it was going to be the single yeah, so k-rock had kind of like <laughs> this been backing us and they set the you know pace for all the other radio stations and right. then they're like we were going to do artist ambulance as the second single and they were like uh you should just stare at the sun if you do stare at the sun we're going to just play the shit out of it it's going to be enormous and we're like for real like this is a big thing we're going to change this they're like yes like change it we're like okay like i mean it's a single it's on the radio that's the whole point of what we're doing so it's like if you're gonna play it a bunch cool so we changed it and then they were just like no changed our mind and then my wife will never let me hear the end of that yeah she was at the time she's like don't do it yeah don't listen to them like i mean i i i I do think that ultimately if they hadn't played artists everybody kind of followed their lead so yeah it's like i i don't I don't think you can fault your thinking or decision-making. It just sucks that no, you would I, think it would be like, okay, we fucking push these guys to change the single. We really got to mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, play this. But I do remember that of feeling like the record was like, like a moon and then it was like really quieted down Yep, yep. about that. Um, <laughs> but you know, what's funny sitting, sitting in this studio um, that like, Paul and I kind of, Paul Levitt and I kind of like helped like coach you guys a little bit on 
is that I met Paul because of you guys, Paul Levitt, who is mm. now like one of my best friends in the world. At that used show, after we finished Artist and before the record came out, I was standing backstage. It was like at a college. Mm-hmm. And I see this dude like waving to me from the like security. And I walk over and he's like, hey, my name's Paul. I record bands. <laughs> Wait, wow. seriously? Yeah, I've never heard this. Yep. No way. And I was like, awesome. Here's my number. Call me. You know? And he, he came uh, he came over to Beltsville and uh, we had lunch. And it, it, I mean, I talked to him like five times a day for 20 years since. Wild. So, yeah, I never heard that. I would like to thank you guys for trusting me to help you with this record. And also, more than the records, I feel like the relationship that we have is super meaningful to me. And I feel like I loved, I I think when I look at my career, I feel like sometimes even more than the records, like the connections that happened through my record making of bands and human beings is one of the things I'm like most proud of. So like being out here, I keep having like the amount of people that are like, Oh, tell the thrice guys. Hi. Like, I just think it's so cool. What a, a, uh, kind of ran like weak connected and kind of like a kind of not super personal way. I didn't know you guys. I didn't know Nick, but it's just turned into like, I just feel like you guys are such a big part of my life and my my wife's life and my friends and like it's just really awesome it is awesome i mean yeah. i think that's really a testament to the way that you have dealt with all this for so long like you you create like a vortex of people that like connect each other and like i don't know, i think a lot of it is that you don't have a ego about what you're doing like you are excited to like have someone meet someone else and be like Oh yeah, go do this thing, and and yeah. you got to meet this person. Like, yeah. I love it. Well, I mean, it it goes both ways too because we always talk about how, like, had we not worked with you, we wouldn't have met probably like seventy five percent of the people that yeah we know now, and like, you know, bands that were instrumental in our development too. You know, right? I think it's just the you know you hear so many horror stories, but then there's some great stories. You know right. what I mean? Like. Yeah the friendships and relationships and not just between us, but like, like the spider web Mm -hmm. around these amazing records of like all of the people that they impacted is just special, you know? So anyway, love you guys. At the point that you came into our lives, we were so in need of someone like you. Like, right. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. We didn't know a ton about like our instruments or gear or anything. We didn't know about like networking. We were just like kids so just making noise. <laughs> to be fair, we still don't know about networking. The, right. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the funny thing is you say that as I, I, uh, there, I didn't listen to it, but someone sent me, uh, Jeremy from Touche had Anthony Green on his podcast. And the like headline was, some people went to college. We went to Brian McDermott. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Good oh, line. And I thought, I'll I'll take it's true. Yeah. It's you know so I mean? true. <laughs> in so many ways too, because like we we were like into hot water music and Caven before, and that's kind of what brought us to want to work with you. Yeah. But then like kind of what Dustin was saying, the vortex or like the the people that you worked with also then became like huge influences to our music beyond that not just like engine down majority rule like strike anywhere frodus like all these bands like and that was because partially because of the people that you met but also the taste that you have in music influence our tastes like in a way like i can't say anybody else yeah well i feel lucky to have you guys as friends and to have been involved with these records and one of the reasons i was so excited to be here is just these are like both illusion of safety and ours and ambulance are like real mile markers in my life. Like I just, I remember these experiences in a way that like, it, I've made a lot of records that I love that I'm proud of, but these were, these were really special, you know, like just being with you guys and being, you know, getting to be involved. And honestly, you guys trusting me to do artists when I kind of had no business 
<laughs> I mean, like I was like a little kid, you know. Oh, yeah, we, but we but it were. was the right it was the right synergy in the right time, and it was just like amazing. Right, Word. dude. Thanks so much. Yes, yeah, yeah, great you. song. Thanks for listening. Head over to thrice.net for tour dates and tickets for the Artist in the Ambulance 20th Anniversary Tour. Special thanks to our editor, Andy Lara, at andylikeswords.com. Stay-